You're listening to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. I'm Gandalf. I'm Matt. And I'm Nathan Van Horn. The Bible is the most read book ever, but to some, it is merely fiction. Join our conversations as we connect the dots to reveal that the story of the Bible is not only true, it's better than fiction. To learn more about the show or to contact us directly, visit us online at www.betterthanfictionbiblepodcast.com. Welcome back, listener, to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. This is episode 82, and as always, joining you is me, Gandalf, Pastor Matt, Pastor Nathan Van Horn. You guys like those fancy titles, right? And you're going to join us for these 30 minutes of discussing the biblical narrative. And if you've been listening for any length of time, you know that I'm always going to ask you to like, subscribe, heart sign, plus sign, check box, whatever that looks like on your platform of choice. That helps us out with the algorithm and telling it that this is worthwhile content. So if you believe that, go ahead and do that. And that way you'll get a notification every Tuesday morning when we release a new episode. So with all that being said, last time we talked about land promises. Or and we, we introduced it. We introduced it and we said that it wasn't going to be the last time we talked about it. In fact, we said this was going to be another one of our, our famous multi-part series. So... I presume that's what we're talking about again today, guys. Fam- famous is a bold word choice. <laughs> hey, who can forget the Ham Trilogy, all right? I still get people talking, telling me about that. <laughs> our fa- that's like one of our, that's like our, I think one of our most popular string of episodes. Our there famous discussion of the land promises. I just can't get over that. Yeah. <laughs> mm. All right. So are we going to be in, this, in the same text as we were last week? Yeah, we're going to be in Genesis 17, and we're going to look specifically at just a couple of verses as we want to try to continue to parse out the land promises. Turns out that there are strong opinions on this subject, and sometimes discussions on this can get emotionally heated. Um, I would say I would say strong feelings would be an understatement. I was about to say that might be the most understated thing in the history of this <laughs> Matt, show. Matt says it turns out there's strong feelings. It's like really well, you I, I was you I was say. speaking among like Christian circles within there, within even within beyond, yeah 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 beyond Christian circles like this conversation gets so heated it leads to to rockets and bullets at times. So, hmm. but we're going to talk about this subject. To whom did God give the land and to whom does it belong today? To whom did God Matt, give the land as, as, uh, as our, and to whom does uh, it belong today? Well, you are the controversial topics guy. I'm about so. to say, biting, <laughs> off, biting, a lot, biting off a lot to chew on this week's episode of the Better Than Fiction. I'm sure we can solve this in 30 minutes. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> no big deal. So it, before I even read the text... Uh, we've talked about our pre-recording. I think we've all seen movies or read books, but most of us are movie watchers. Uh, we've all seen movies that the mystery is preserved throughout the movie. And then at the end, there is an unveiling and a revelation, which gives the second time you watch the movie, amazing it was all, clarity. It was, yeah, it was all hiding in plain sight. That's right. Mm. That's right. Uh, well, the v- movie that I think we've talked about it before, you all mentioned beforehand, The Tenet, um, 
And then also Christopher Nolan. That's right. And the other films that you mentioned, I know Nathan's favorite film or one of his favorites, the prestige. Oh yeah. Prestige. And, and what I love about the prestige is like, they tell you, oh, explicitly during the movie, this is the solution. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) And you don't accept it in the moment. (laughs) <laughs> and then at the end of the movie, when everything comes together, you're like, well, they, they did tell me they, it spoiled it without spoiling it. It's unbelievable. It's so well done. Mm. So we're going to look at two. If verses- you have not watched the prestige, turn off this podcast right now. <laughs> uh, I'm not saying, uh, do not do, do not turn off the podcast. I'm not do, saying, do listen, we, please. I, I'm not saying we don't want your business. I'm saying you really need to watch the prestige. <laughs> it is um, a good movie. So, um, so I just got, uh, I'm sure I'll be edited out for saying that, but that's okay. <laughs> I, I, I spoke my mind and my heart. Go ahead. Yeah. Watch uh, the prestige. Uh, so Nathan Van Horn, why don't you read for us our two verses for today? Genesis 17, seven and eight. It's and been it, a while since I've read. I know uh, we it, need to hear your voice again when it comes to it reading material. I didn't say I didn't talk enough on the show. Just, (laughs) all right. This is Genesis 17, seven and eight. And as always faithful listeners, we are from the ESV and I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant, burrito lam, one of my favorite Hebrew constructions to be God to you and to your offspring after you. And I will give to you and to your offspring after you the land of your sojournings, all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession. And I will be their God. Mm. I just love it. So Gandalf, I'm immediately going to jump to a question that so many people want an answer to today. No, no pressure. Yeah, that's right. According to what, you know, the Bible says, how do most people answer the question to whom does the land belong? You Whether you're in me. Christian circles, Jewish circles, um, they, and even in think, Islamic circles, um, that would interpret yeah. this differently. I think the, the common stock answer is to Abraham's descendants. That's right. And so our, our Islamic neighbors would claim the, the promise because they understand it was Ishmael that was sacrificed or oh, not sacrificed, but taken up on Mount Moriah. As opposed to Isaac, they, they interpret that story. It's told completely differently. Um, but Christians and Jews understand that the promise was made to Israel as the descendants of Abraham. So when you talk about to whom does the land belong, it's a discussion of, are we talking about Muslims or in the immediate context, Palestinians, or are we talking about Jews and it's, it's not so, it's not so much who does it belong to, but who does that mean? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. uh, That's good. Yeah. That's it. Who are the children of Abraham? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, so, but there's more to it than that. There is, there is more to it and surprise. (laughs) So if we, we were to jump forward in the text and trusting that the New Testament is the best commentary on the Old Testament. When the New Testament in the book of Hebrews chapter 11 talks about the patriarchs, in verse number 13, it says, 
these all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. Talking about the patriarchs here, they did not possess the land. They lived in it, but they did not possess it. For people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. Um, and right after that, mm-hmm. we go back to Abraham. That's right. So um, they are seeking this this uh, <laughs> this heavenly city. Okay, so, this episode's got to be titled Beulah Land. <laughs> I'm kind of homesick. I haven't sung in a while either. Nathan has just sung. That's how you know it's going to be a good episode. Maybe yeah. maybe it's been two weeks, maybe three. I don't know. For a country. Okay. Yeah, it's been a while. I do think, you know, go to Hebrews 11 real quick. I do think it's interesting that that discussion breaks up the Abraham thing. It does. So, and it, you know, so it breaks so, it up into two two different parts that's it. of the promise. Yeah. So by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. Ooh, we need to come back to that. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs to him. I mean, heirs with him of the same promise. Heirs with him of the same promise. That's a key statement. And then verse, the next verse is beautiful. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. Uh, and I would also highlight the way that this is building to the end of Hebrews chapter 12. Um, therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Um, right. So it's, it's building toward that. But the author of Hebrews, I think, and I think you think, is bringing out something that's right there in Genesis that we almost entirely overlook. So going back to Genesis, Gandalf, look at verse number eight. All right. To whom does God say he is giving the land and is going to give the land? It's giving it to Abraham and his offspring, which I know by just saying that out loud, that's different than the answer that I gave earlier when you asked, what do most people say? Well, yeah, to most people, it's to whom does the land belong today and who are Abraham's descendants? Um, but Genesis, and Hebrews is picking up on this, is saying this land belongs to Abraham just not, as much as his descendants. Not as, past tense. That's right. Belongs to Abraham just as much as his descendants for an everlasting possession. There is no indication in this text that when Abraham received these promises, that he anticipated that he would live forever. So how? This would be a great episode to soundtrack because I went <laughs> to the musical fame. I'm going to live forever. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> so Sorry. how could this make sense? My, my, my mind is a wasteland, not a land of promise. Uh, <laughs> but so going back, Gandalf, how can this make sense? We've, we've got this Hebrews 11 help here. 
the emphasis, even in Christian circles and discussion today, it's to whom does the land belong today? Does the land promise still matter? Well, first and foremost, let's talk about what the land promise was. And clearly, according not just to Hebrews, but Genesis, the land promise is more than just a grant, land grant in the Middle East. It's well, I, lo- I, I love the way that uh, I love the way that Gandalf said it last week. He said, "It's uh, when you're talking about land, you're talking about so much more than real estate." That's hmm. right. Uh, toward the end of last week's episode, and I didn't even catch that till I was listening to the episode. I was I had stopped listening when we were recording. I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, so it's it seems like a small shift. But I think because of the historical baggage, both within the church and then just within worldwide culture that comes with this discussion, is we often miss that right here in Genesis, the discussion of the land promise is more than just a land grant. It's more than just real estate. And, well, and, and, and I mean, Matt, we've talked about this um, to that point. If you read different portions of the Old Testament when it's outlining the parameter, and we kind of talked about this in a previous episode, like right. when, when I think it's when we were in Genesis 15, maybe, or mm-hmm. was it Genesis 12? Uh, if you actually look for uh, a time that Israel occupied the territories that were outlined in that passage, it didn't. Right. Right. But it does, it is, it does match up kind of well with Revelation. Uh, um, but but to to intensify and to complicate that point even further, the parameters of the land are mapped out more than one way in the Old Testament. Um, and uh, if you want to get really complicated, the parameters of the land are beyond the Bible uh, amongst Jewish and Christian interpreters through the ages. They've been mapped out differently there too. So. Is it, is it about obsessing over boundaries for a geopolitical entity or is it, or is there something more involved of clearly I'm in that camp, but, uh, back to you, scandalous topics guy. Well, I think there's some other things too. Uh, I, both you and I agree and, and Gandalf as well, that there is something to be said for the promise of the land to the physical descendants of Abraham. That plays a huge role in Joshua. Um, there, there is something of the land promise. And even though it's an argument from silence, uh, there is a a significant moment in Acts chapter one In Acts chapter one, just before Jesus returns to glory, um, he appears with the disciples for 40 days, gives them many proofs and Acts chapter one, verses three says he speaks to them about the kingdom of God. So if they're good Jewish boys and they are, they're understanding the kingdom of God in a very Israel centric way. Uh, but what is interesting is when you skip down to verse six. Well, that is well, it, Jesus talks about kingdom of God. They shift that to kingdom of Israel. That's right. That's uh, verse six. Yeah. That's what I was going to say is they shift it. Two, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you 
to know times or seasons that the father has fixed by his own authority. So and what he the do, famous what verse, it, yeah, what he, but you what he does power. Yeah. What he doesn't say is quit worrying about the land. <laughs> no, he doesn't say that. And he does not say that there will not be a future. Yeah. Um, but Notable. the, the emphasis is so, so what's interesting is that it's important to acknowledge there is a physical land promise that plays a role somehow, but I would argue the emphasis of the new Testament is not on that. The emphasis of the new Testament is focusing in on the promise there in Genesis 17, verse number eight, that this is that land that is more than not less than it's that everlasting possession to Abraham and his well, offspring. And, and to your point, it is interesting that, um, I think of Galatians, uh, three, as many as you have been baptized with Christ have been clothed with Christ, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what's that? Three twenty. Here, cut that. Cut this part real quick. Okay. I'm going to re-record that because I just blanked out on. I think it's three twenty-eight. Come on, Nathan. Uh, three twenty-seven. No, no. The the next part. Uh, um, oh, it's three twenty-nine. Three twenty-nine. Um, yeah. So I think about what Paul does in Galatians three twenty-seven through twenty-nine. For as many as you were baptized into Christ, have been put on Christ, clothed with Christ, literally wrapped up in paralumbano, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is no male and female, for all of you are one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. That's mm-hmm. interesting. Um, and uh, Matt, to your, I think I interrupted a, a very important point that you were about to make from Acts chapter 1, so shame on me. Um, no, no, is, no. I was actually going to say what you said, so we're good. Well, uh, but I, I, and I want to build on that because I think I, you, you went to Acts 1 8, and I think that captures what the New Testament does. It's not that the land becomes insignificant, but the focus ceases to be on the boundaries um, within the land as much as the boundaries beyond the land. Right. Um, it, and I think that's what Acts 1 8 is largely doing. They're worried about restoring an inward focus, restoring the kingdom to Israel. I'm not saying that's inconsequential. I'm not saying there's nothing to that, but Jesus says, Hey, it's not for you to know the times or seasons that the father is fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses. Yes. In Jerusalem. Yes. In all Judea. Yes. In Samaria and to the very ends of the earth. Um, you know, uh, part we've we've talked about this before. I don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast, but the New Testament quotes this several times. But Isaiah chapter forty nine verses four and five captures this when it's talking about the servant, which we understand to be messianic. And now the Lord says, "He who formed me from the womb to be a servant to bring Jacob back to him, and that Israel might be gathered to him. For I'm honored in the eyes of the Lord." And my God has become my strength. He says, it's too light a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to bring back the preserved of Israel. I will make you as a light for the nations that my salvation may reach the end of the earth. There's yeah. already hints of this in the Old Testament that that this promise is bigger. It's bigger. And, and it's not that it started narrow. It started broad in the first place. And this is Pauline. This is what. Paul is, is, yeah, Paul is getting us 
That's that's key. Paul is getting us back to Genesis. Right. He's trying um, to say, look, it was the intention uh, from the beginning. Gandalf, do you remember what Genesis 12, 1, the initial um, blessing promised to Abraham? Do you remember what? He leaves his country. He leaves his kinfolk. He leaves his father's house. Let's say. I'm, pull, I'm very quickly pulling up Genesis 12 again. That's what I say, giving you longer to type. <laughs> but it's but interesting. The, the very thing he, he's called to leave is his aretz, his land. Mm-hmm. And he and the very first thing he's called to is to go to the aretz land that God will show him. Mm-hmm. And, and he says, I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and I will make your name great so that you will be a blessing. We talked about how, like, once he got to the land, he moved up to the east and to the west and that sort of thing, the significance of that. I remember that. Yeah. Right. But look, but look, look at, look at verse, verse three. number three. I will bless those who bless you and I, and him who dishonors you, I will curse. And what is it? And in, in you, you or by all, you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Yeah. So, so is it, this it was, just about Israel? Nope. It was, uh, yeah, it was always about worldwide blessing. And and, and by the way, you see this, um, I, I, I I was debating with this in my head. I really want to bring Psalm two into the discussion. Um, Psalm two, uh, is all about the nations raging against the Lord's anointed King. Uh, many associate this with David. Interestingly in the new Testament, it's quoted at the baptism of Jesus, right? Hmm. Um, and look at seven and eight. I will tell of the decree. The Lord has said to me, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. You, Man, that's Davidic. That's Jesus. Mm. Very next verse. Ask of me and I will make the nations your heritage or your inheritance and the ends of the earth your possession. Mm. Uh, It's interesting in Romans 4 when Paul is talking about surprise, surprise, Abraham. Uh, If you fast forward, uh, down to, uh, verse, uh, 13, uh, for the promise to Abraham and his offspring. It's not, it's never just the promise to Abraham's offspring to Matt's point. It's the promise to Abraham and his offspring, right? Mm. That he, interestingly, that he would be heir of the world. Um, it, it's, it's never just this emphasis. I, again, I'm not saying that's not important. That's a very important Uh, theologically, that's an important discussion. Geopolitically, that's an important discussion. We were talking about Alan Dershowitz in the pre-recording, um, uh, and his book, the case for Israel, but, uh, not getting into all that. Um, and Alan Dershowitz is not even religious. Um, so it, there, there is a case for the modern state of Israel that can be made even without, uh, looking at the Bible. Um. So, but the point the point is the land was always a part of a bigger picture. That's right. Um, and and Abraham, if we're taking Hebrews reading of Genesis, and if we're looking carefully at Genesis, seems to have understood, you know, the same Abraham who's in the land and and buys property of the land uh, does not limit the significance of the land to to number one, the geographic scope of the land, and number two to his lifetime. Okay. So Let's say <clears throat> I'm someone who's grown up in an evangelical church, which I am, and I have heard significantly throughout my life that 
one of the most important things that has happened in the last 2000 years is the reestablishment of the state of Israel on May, uh, May 14th, 1948, May 15th, something like that. I can't remember. Um, but as, and that is the sign by which, which, which is not, I mean, and to put that into scope, you know, the establishment of the land, they come in under Joshua, they lose it during the Babylonian exile. They come back and it's reestablished under Cyrus in 538, uh, 538, 539, you know, fudge the math, mm -hmm. uh, BC, and it endures in an, uh, as a somewhat independent state until the Romans take over, uh, in 63 BC. Um, and then they're not an independent nation again until the modern era. So that's, mm. that's a pretty big time gap. And so people so, understandably put a lot of emphasis on that when it happened. So here, here's something setting aside our understandings of eschatology, whatever they may be. I just want folks to think about May 14th or what is it? May 14th or 15th. I should look that up. When was Israel founded? May 14th. Okay. May 14th. I thought so. Um, that's my anniversary. So I couldn't remember if it was on my anniversary or the, the day after my anniversary, but the question to set aside our eschatological perspectives for a moment and how it plays into end times stuff and stuff like that. Let's oversimplify it. Who do we not see as a modern nation, nation state? We don't see the Girgashites. We don't see the Canaanites. We don't see the Jebusites. In fact, we don't even see any of the ancient religions still being practiced. Even the ancient Egyptians, Egypt exists as a modern state, but it's completely unlike when it comes to religiosity and, and cultural heritage. Modern Egypt is so far removed from, from ancient Egypt. And then you come to Israel still, uh, practicing a religion that is rooted in its, its ancient faith. It's still speaking a language that is rooted in its ancient language. Um, why is Israel still like forgetting all the eschatological perspectives for just a minute? When you read the new Testament, the answer I think is, is because God loves Abraham and God made promises to Abraham. So we should not be shocked or surprised to see that God is, is working in Israel even today. If the, one of the most, if not the most significant promise given in world history is that God is going to bless the world through Abraham, that there are going to be repercussions of that throughout every age. And, and that, that ain't everything, but that is something. That's right. And, and if you haven't seen the prestige, I want you to stop right now <laughs> and watch that movie and then come back and appreciate this episode on a whole nother level. That's right. It, it's like we always say, it's always more, not less. And you know what else is always more and not less? The subscriber count to the Better Than Fiction Bible podcast. <laughs> and you listener can have the chance to be counted among the number who are in the subscriber list. So if you go ahead and if for whatever reason, please, I, I thought you were about to heretically make that one and the same with being a child of Abraham. I got really worried for a second. <laughs> I, I wanted to get as close as possible without, <laughs> without crossing the line, but that, 
that's the spirit of a guy who will never be accused of heresy. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> but if for whatever reason you have listened to the entire show and you are not yet subscribed, I urge you to go ahead and do that now and tell the algorithm that this is worthwhile content and set yourself up to be able to receive a new episode every Tuesday morning as we continue to discuss the grand narrative of the scripture. Until then, you guys have a great week and we'll see you back here next Tuesday. See you next time. Shalom. Excuse me. No, don't do that.